Welcome to the second season of Alternative Parenting Podcast, where we learn how to guide our kids to find their own path while supporting them in cultivating traits that will empower them to live a life of fulfillment, meaning, and satisfaction. I'm your host, Efrat Amira. Welcome back. Today I have for you an interview with Lindsay Jacoby. Lindsay is the visionary founder of Acton Academy Morristown, a transformative educational institution dedicated to fostering independent thinkers and lifelong learners. With a passion for reimagining education, Lindsay embarked on a journey to create an environment where students take ownership of their learning journey. Lindsay's background in education and her unwavering belief in the potential of each child led her to establish Acton Academy Morristown. Her innovative approach to education empowers students to explore, collaborate, and develop essential skills for the 21st century. Under her leadership, Acton Academy Morristown has become a beacon of educational innovation, inspiring students to discover their passions and embrace self-directed learning. Lindsay Jacoby's commitment to educational excellence and her dedication to nurturing curious minds have made Acton Academy a place where young learners flourish, setting the stage for a brighter future for all. This conversation took place at the school. This is why you will hear kids in the background. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Hi, Lindsay. I'm so happy to have you here on the podcast. Welcome. I want you to start by telling us a little bit about yourself and how you became the founder of Morristown Acton. Sure. So I started my journey, uh, my career actually, in family therapy. So I was going to school for marriage and family counseling, and I saw so much uh, dynamic within the family and within the, with the children that... Um, it was a really difficult place to be, to, to watch the, some of the things that were going on with some of these kids and the struggles that they were having. Um, and it, it kind of pushed me to pivot into education where I thought, um, you know, we can make, I could maybe make a bigger impact. So, uh, I went back and got my teaching, um, certification and went into teaching where I was in public and private. Um, I also worked for a homeschool family through my, while I was getting my um, certification. So I really saw education from three very different perspectives. So a very high pressure um, private school, a traditional, you know, traditional education, um, public school, and then at, um, with the homeschool family that I was, I was involved with. So I really saw, uh, all these different sides and I, and I knew that I wanted something different for my own children when I had them. Um, and that made me pursue what else is available because I, I felt like all three of them had merits, but they also had downsides. Um, I actually thought homeschooling was going to be what was right for us. And then realized with my first child that, 
he was very social, but he thrived on connection with somebody that he would see regularly. So he was somebody who really thrived on a one-on-one relationship, building that one-on-one connection with with somebody. And um, he really thrived in something regular that he would have. So then I started looking into, well, I want him to be in school. I knew I wanted to have some different education model for him. And I, that was when I started looking at what's out, what else is out there. And I, and um, Acton was one of the models that I explored, one of the models I looked at, and it really fit everything that I believed about education. That's awesome. So can you tell us a little bit about just Acton as an organization and what's your part in it as a specific school in a specific area? Sure. So Acton is an affiliate program. So there's, I, and honestly, I don't even know the exact number because we're growing so rapidly. But um, I know, I think last year there were about 370 something around the world. So they're all over the world. Um, and I'm, I'm um, one of those schools. And so each owner of each Acton, it's independently run and owned we do have certain criteria to sustain our affiliation with Acton and um, requirements like customer satisfaction surveys that we have to um, give. And then really the, the upholding the pillars of Acton, which are Socratic guides, which means our adults in our community don't answer questions. They don't teach at children. Um, we really believe that the adults are here as safety. They're here to guide young people to find their own solutions to their challenges. And um, I think that's really the, the two major pillars of, of sustaining your affiliation with the Acton Network. So it's that being a Socratic guide, not, not answering the children's questions and let them just, you know, follow their own interests and following their own guide, I guess. Um, and being a, the protective member, somebody that just makes sure that them, they're safe, right? Mm-hmm. How different and how, how alike are the different schools? So, like I said before, every Acton is independently owned and run. So as long as you're upholding those major pillars, which are what you'll see as the similarities between us, a lot of this, the you will see a lot of similar, maybe schedule. Some of the terminology is going to be really similar throughout Actons. You know, we um, use term like studio maintenance. A lot of um, Actons will refer to their young people as heroes or eagles. Those are two sort of Acton terms. Um, you might see things like town hall, which is a really common uh, thing at Acton, which is a time where they the young people have to bring up solutions or things that they want to see changed in their community. So those are some things that I think are probably going to be pretty fluid throughout. You're going to see a lot of reference to the hero's journey um, at Acton. That's, uh, you know, a, a, not a pillar necessarily, but it is a foundational um, concept, just this this hero's journey and that every child and adult is on their own hero's journey. You'll see that a lot throughout. And then you'll see a lot of differences too. So they from each location, 
um, because it is independently owned, you'll see that there's, depending on what that owner values in their community, you're going to see some major differences. Like, for example, something that's huge for me is being outside, having a lot of nature time. It was something that I always found is really um, just important for young people to be outside. And even in New Jersey, where the weather is not the best year round, we still get them outside. They're still out there, no matter the weather, you know, outside of really dangerous conditions, we, um, we get our kids outside a lot. So um, you know, that might be something that you don't see at every act in some are going to value that more, some are going to, you know, maybe not have that as as high a priority. Uh, and that's the beauty of being an act and owner is you get to make it your own. So it's I sort of say it's like your own flavor of actin. I want you to tell to tell us more about um, how this acton is special. Like what's special about this acton that is different from other ones other than being outside, which is I think is is amazing. And that's something that I value a lot with my children as well. Um, and also, if you can talk a little bit about the academic aspect, how it fits in into the schedule here in acton. Sure. So um, the first question about us being unique I mean I think that as an owner uh, somebody who's been involved now heavily for the last five years um, what's unique about us is we have a really close community so our families are all really involved in our acting which is something that is not necessarily at every acting um, and it's not necessarily even maybe something that some actors would consider a good thing to have the parents overly involved. You know, they're not in the studio, but as a community, they're very involved with each other. And they really um, have built this community outside of acting where they're doing a lot of social things together. Um, I think they feel really supported by one another. Um, and when we have a new family join, you know, they make a really big effort to bring them into that community that they've built socially and um and even in our studio so most of our guides are actually parents of children that attend actin our actin here uh which again is probably something that not every actin would necessarily think is the best but for us it really works i think um what we found is the parents that are guides here are just really invested in the future of this school they really believe in the model they believe in how we do things and and have just this different level of commitment to the future of this program i think that's beautiful having the families involved and having that community aspect outside of the school i think that's amazing and that's so necessary um what type of families come here i mean what what makes a family choose this act on or Acton in general and not public school? So, um, you know, I think that, and I, I didn't really touch before on the academic piece, so this is kind of an opportunity, I guess, to, to touch on that as well. Um, I think people choose Acton because they see that it's the best of both worlds. So, and this was why I chose the model of Acton actually as well. It's, to me, it was, it had the academic piece where I knew that the doors 
for my children would all be open to them after Acton where, you know, I really believe in unschooling and free schooling and all of that. I, I believe in the concept of it. And I always questioned, I always questioned what that meant for, um, in terms of their future, you know, what, if, if we free school, if we unschool, where does that leave them say in end of middle school, if they want to go to like a competitive private high school or they want to go on to college or, you know, it was always sort of like, well, how do we make sure we're checking off these academic milestones to make sure that they have that door or those opportunities available to them. And really Acton was, has that piece has that piece um, as a part of it. Yeah, so that and and really at act in the academic piece, because, you know, that was a question before. And that's a question I get a lot on, you know, prospective family tours and things like that. And basically, we have we can create a container for academic um, time, academic work. So they have everybody has an independent learning plan. And that is their reading, writing, math, um, and while we don't necessarily believe that a child should be at a certain place at a certain time in any of those areas, we really believe that every human being is unique in how they develop in awareness of numbers, awareness of re- uh, liter- you know, literacy and, and things like that. And we believe that that comes in time and it's really up to the child to become um, a, to become uh, what's the word? just ready for it. Uh, I don't, I'm losing the word right now, but once they're ready for that piece. So like I I use reading as an example. Um, it's so much like saying, well, this child's tooth hasn't grown out yet. They're behind where we would never say that because that's just something that happens naturally. And at Axiom, we believe that that's the same for something like reading. It'll come in time. It'll come when that child's ready to pick it up. Um, but we have this map for them. So they don't go from one studio to the next until they've completed their academic learning plan, which is their badge plan. So they have badges for each academic area. And it really um, just helps as a sort of a map, like I said, a map to, well, once I've finished this, then I can go to the next studio. Um, and that can look so different depending on the child. And we've seen, um, a child who is maybe, you know, age wise in the fourth grade, but they've completed their entire badge plan through fifth and they're already ready for middle school. Um, when they're technically, you know, age wise, only fourth grade. Um, and then we've seen the opposite spectrum where, uh, a child is maybe taking a lot longer to pick things up and they might be 11 or 12 and still in doing the um, elementary badge plan, not ready for middle school yet. And there's nothing, you know, we don't, we even stopped calling our studios elementary studio and middle school studio because we felt that it was just really fed into that so uh, social kind of construct of who should be where at what time. So we don't even call them that anymore. Um, it's adventure studio and Voyager and it's just, it doesn't have anything to do with your age. Um, it's more about which badge plan you're working on and, um, yeah, it just, again, it it provides them with the opportunities to grow academically and to be at, if not ahead in, in a lot of ways to their peers that are in traditional school when they decide either, you know, they're going to go on to, 
a different high school or want to apply to college, um, we've really seen that they do exceptionally well academically after acting. I think that's so true that, you know, kids progress in their own in their own terms and in their own, you know, um, pace. And, you know, my son, who is who was homeschooled uh, up until this year, uh, he just started reading when he was nine. And now he's reading like crazy. I have to stop him from reading every night. I'm, I'm, I have to tell him to turn off the lights because he's, he's going to continue reading and reading and reading. And I'm so happy that I kind of put my faith in this process because now I see the results. And I see that he's, he really loves reading. And it's not because I force him to. And it's not because I um, may, make him read. Um, it just comes from his own inner motivation. And I think that's, I'm just so grateful, you know, for trusting that process. Um, I was wondering, so how does it work that they're learning independently? Do they have an online curriculum? So my experience was the same, by the way, with my son, who's now 11, that he didn't read until much, much later um, than a lot of his peers. And he is now obsessed with reading, is reading giant chapter, you know, you know, the series of Lord of the Rings and stuff like that, that I would never have expected him to be reading at 11 um, when he really was, could barely read, you know, three letter words at seven or eight. Um, So my experience was very much the same. And I tell that story to families who are worried about academic readiness and progress and things like that. So um, they do have a lot of online programs that they use. So one of the programs that several, a lot of Actons you'll see use, um, it's called Lexia. It's an online, again, it, it's self-paced. It, you don't progress to the next thing until you finished and mastered the previous concept. Um, and that's all of the programs that any program that we use is got to be learner driven. So that means, you know, it doesn't have an adult deciding whether or not you did it right. Um, it has to be self-paced. So something where they, it's showing that they've mastered and can move to the next thing in some way. Um, and really just that they can do it independently. So they don't need an adult there correcting it or um, teaching, again, teaching at them, because that would be against what we believe about um, just how children learn best and against sort of the acting philosophy to have an adult correcting their work. Um, and then really for reading, so something like reading, so they do Lexia and then they have, we call badge books, so they have um, a certain number of badge books for each reading badge that they read and complete a little kind of summary. They they talk about what they liked about the book. They do a look of review of that book. And a badge book is pretty much any book that is challenging, more challenging than the last book that they read. So they have a little question of how to decide if it's a badge book or not. And it's questions like, is this a different genre than I've read before? is this book more challenging than the last? And how can I show that it's more challenging? So they may say, hey, this book is more challenging. And I know that because the words are smaller, the words on the pages are a smaller font. And the words content are um, the type of words are bigger and more challenging for me and words that I maybe don't necessarily know every word that I'm reading and I am learning new words or maybe this book has more pages than the, the last book that I read. Um, so they kind of have, they really have to justify why is this a badge book for me versus a non-badge book, which 
several of our heroes will be reading whatever they want just because they love to read and we really just encourage them to read as much as they want and can during the day um and and you see a lot of them will choose to read during free time and things like that just because they enjoy reading i want to go back to the question about what type of families come here because i'm interested to see if it's like specific type of families or do you see all different types of families or maybe some kind of nationality more than Mm -hmm. others? That's a great question. I mean, I think it's evolved over the years in my experience here at this specific Acton. Um, What I found in the beginning was it was a lot of like entrepreneurial parents. So we Mm -hmm. do a lot with entrepreneurship at Acton too. And And kind of that entrepreneurial mindset, I think, is already kind of like, hey, I don't want my child to become complacent and complicit to become a worker for someone else. I think that they entrepreneurs already have that mindset of like not falling into the mold of just going on and and going to work for somebody um, at a company or, you know, something like that. So that was definitely the original kind of families that I think were drawn to us and still for sure are a lot of entrepreneurial families. Um, But over the years, it's evolved. And I think what we're seeing now more is just families who are starting to question the status quo, the social construct that we live in and really saying just because it's the way it's always been done doesn't mean it's the right way or the best way. And you start, I think you, I'm, what I'm seeing is so many families are really starting to open their eyes to how actually detrimental the traditional model is for children. Um, and, and really a lot of times it, what happens is it's a family who's one of their children just doesn't fit the mold, you know, lots of kids, there are plenty of children who can thrive in a traditional environment because they have a personality that just is sort of the right, quote unquote, right fit for a traditional environment. So they don't even really recognize how detrimental it is until they have that child that doesn't quite fit. And they see how the traditional model is actually hurting their, their child. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, I'm seeing how this model's hurting my child, my one child that doesn't fit. And then they even are like, oh, you know, just because my other child is able to kind of mold themselves into and fit themselves into this box that is traditional, is that really the best place for them? And they start to question it. And then I, a lot of times we'll see those families coming to us like, oh, this makes so much more sense. This is this is really like my child, even my one who can maybe conform to the traditional model is going to do so much better. Or, you know, that child, we'll see a lot of children who di- were able to conform and then they say, but they lost something in themselves when they were in traditional. So they, they could do fine, but they became quiet. They became scared. They became... Um, less curious they stopped asking questions they stopped challenging um things that they believe you know they stopped challenging things that didn't align with their beliefs and that's not what we want that's not what we want for our child we want our child to know that they have a voice that they can challenge that they can question things and that's really what we see now more is just it doesn't even matter the background the ethnicity none of that it's really more about the awareness that 
they want their child to grow up to be someone who believes that their voice is important, just as important and age does not make a difference in your voice being important. That's incredible that people are starting to gain more awareness about these topics. And part of the reason why I'm doing this podcast is exactly for that. So, so people will understand that there are alternatives. There are different ways of educating and not, not every child you know, fits the mold. And as you say, even the ones that do, is it the best route for them? Um, so what do you think, if you have any thoughts about what contributed to that shift in our kind of awareness in our society in large? You know, it's interesting. I actually think that COVID played a big part mm-hmm. in, you know, we grew a lot during and after COVID. Um, and as much as obviously there were lots of terrible things throughout COVID, I think one thing that a benefit that came out of it was just parents got to really see what their kids were doing at school at quote unquote at school. Cause they were home doing school or, um, you know, whatever the virtual learning situation was at that time. And they were surprised a lot of them or they saw their child struggling and it wasn't just struggling with virtual learning they saw them struggling with the the method and the model of how things were taught and um again and i think that it it wasn't even necessarily that the virtual learning was the the thing that changed i think it was just parents really being more involved in their child's education you know i think it's the parents who used to be like oh well i just dropped my kid off and i picked them up and like whatever happens between 8 30 and 3 15 it has nothing to do with me i just sort of am like away from the education piece of my child to all of a sudden they were kind of thrown into being a lot more involved in the education piece for their child um and that just it, it just sort of um awoken awoken I don't know what the word is <laughs> awakened there we go awakened something in them to say oh my goodness you know I've I've not paid attention to this before or I wasn't involved enough to really see how this affected my child um so I mean I think there's lots of stuff people like you doing podcasts blogs um there's tons of like social media I think out there now really pushing different kinds of parenting that is also showing how the def- the deficiencies in traditional schools. So if you're a person who believes that, you know, in um, gentle parenting or uh, parenting the whole child, then you're going to start to question, well, okay, I'm at home and I'm doing all of these things to help my child be someone who is aware of their emotions, who knows that their emotions are okay, who knows that they can talk to me and question me as an adult about things because we are both human beings. If you're doing that at home and then all of a sudden you drop your kid off at school and they're have an authoritarian, you know, authoritarian teacher who's saying, no, you do as I say, you sit in your seat and you don't, you know, you don't question me and you don't question my anything that I say or do. All of a sudden you're like, wait, this is not in alignment with what I believe is best for my child. So then again, like, I think because there are so many resources now about all of these things that really help children thrive, people are just starting to say like, well, how does that, how does the traditional model of school align with what I believe as a parent and what I believe in the adult child 
relationships um, for my child in their life. I think that you're completely right, and I feel the same. Um, and I think that COVID was kind of um, a revolution, right? Like it was the life before COVID and life after COVID, and something there shifted for a lot of people. And a lot of people, I think, also realized that there are a lot of things that we can do on our own and we don't need the system so much, right? Because we were home, we didn't need anybody. Every, a lot of resources are online and we can form our own communities in a way um, that will align with our values. So I think that's really, really interesting. And just awareness in general, I think it just like woke people up to other things, like to question in general authority figures. I think a lot of people started to question the medical authority. A lot of people started to question the government because a lot of things that were done um, raised questions, right? Like not all the people were very happy about the way that things have been going on during COVID. And then they were asking, well, do these people really want the best for us as civilians? And do the system really want the best for us, for our kids as people, right? Um, I want to go back to that uh, entrepreneurship uh, mindset that you were talking about before. And do you feel that this is something that you are promoting as a school? And if so, how? Yeah. So, I mean, I think that Acton, like I said, has a huge entrepreneurial aspect to it. So I think that we definitely promote it in that way. So we do a quest every year, which is a quest is, is our project based part of the day. It's like a collaborative piece of our day. So we do a an entrepreneurial project every year. It's a six week long, they learn about entrepreneurship, they learn about cost and supplies and um seed funding so they they have to pitch for the money to start their business how much money do they need how much money are they going to make how much is each each product's going to cost to make and then how much are you going to sell it for so they really just kind of learn the ins and outs of entrepreneurship every year we do it so they learn some you know they're getting something new out of that quest every year um and then they actually sell their product out of a children's business fair at the end of that quest so they then they get to see the how did I do? You know, did I overestimate how much money I was going to make? Did I have a loss? Did I have a profit? Um, you know, was my marketing not great? You know, and they learn something every year and you see the children who have done that business fair for now five years, how far they've come from their first business fair in their marketing and the type of product that they're selling and the profit that they generate. Um, they, they really grow in that. So in that way, yes, we do promote entrepreneurship or just the awareness about entrepreneurship. I think that um, we're not necessarily saying like every child should go on to become an entrepreneur. We're saying that having an entrepreneurial mindset and understanding business, understanding the way that things work in terms of profit and loss and, um, you know, how you promote your products, all of those things, that that's a valuable skill to have no matter what kind of work you go into, because every 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 job in some way the company that you're working for has to have those pieces uh, you know involved in it and that it trickles down and it affects no matter what position that you're in um in a company even if you go work for a company um but i do think that you know we again we're not 
Acton is not designed to create young people who just follow what someone tells them to do. So in that way, a lot of, I think a lot of children that do end up going on from Acton have pursued entrepreneurial endeavors or maybe like more creative careers or have gone to work for startups that, you know, where they're going to have a lot of say in how the work is done and not just be like a cog in someone else's machine. I'm wondering if you know about graduates of Acton. And I mean, a lot of parents are really concerned with are, will they be ready for college? Will they be ready for university? Um, and I'm wondering if you know a little bit of the statistics about Acton graduates and are they able to go to college? Do they go to college or university? Yeah, so the Acton model has been around, uh, like, again, I'm really bad with numbers and years and stuff. I think it's around 13 years now. So there have been now several cohorts of graduates from Acton who have gone to Acton from pretty much kindergarten through 12th grade. So they've gone completely just to Acton all through their entire education, and they have gone on to colleges. And while we have a list of the colleges that some of our acting graduates have gone to in their Ivy League, their, um, you know, competitive colleges. It's something that our found the original founder, Jeff Sandifer, will say, if you promote to people and to your families that your child's going to go to some, you know, fancy college, if they go to acting, then you're going to attract the wrong families because they have the wrong values in mind. So while, yes, we know that children that graduate from Acton are capable of going on to these amazing colleges. And a lot of them have gotten even academic scholarships because the reality is at Acton, they're able to progress through academic material at their own pace. And that really allows them to, to go through material a lot quicker because they're not, they're not waiting for their peers to finish the same topic. You know, they're, as soon as they get it, they move to the next thing. So they can go really quickly through academic material. And honestly, I've seen a child go three years of math, three, you know, grades of math in one year. Um, because it's just once it clicks, it clicks and you move on, you know, you don't have to sit around and wait for others. And I mean, my personal experience at our act and we haven't had any graduates of our of a high school, the high school program yet here because it's sort of something very new for us but what I have seen is our middle schoolers where we had we had twin girls who came to us one of the twins was very very academically advanced the other was actually struggling in traditional school and was probably almost a year a grade level behind when she came to us um really really struggled with confidence and math and um when they left Acton, so they were eighth graders who moved on to go to a competitive private high school here in uh, Morristown, they both tested. Um, and so the, the one who was behind as well tested um, not only into this competitive private high school, but they got academic scholarships to that um, high school. So, you know, my personal experience is that any child can really come to Acton and thrive academically because we give them the space that they need to come to it on their own and find the confidence in themselves, really finding saying this, this child was like taught in traditional school that she was not smart or that she was not 
um, able to do math the same way that other people could do it. And here she found her way that worked for her, which is, you know, she needed more time on specific certain types of math. So she would take more time on those specific types of math when it came up. And the other types of math that she found more, um, that were a little bit easier for her, she went through quicker. Um, but she was able to really take the time on the math that she, the type of math that was difficult for her versus being like pushed through to the next thing and then wondering like, well, why don't you understand this next level? Because you need the foundation first. So when you're pushed through and you didn't get it really fully the first time, you're missing a piece of the foundation to continue on with the next part of math. So she found that once she could really get mastery over the foundation and the base, she did really well with math then, but she needed that time and that space to find her way to that. And now she, she believes that she's just as good at math as anybody else. She just does it in her own way. I think that's incredible. And it's, it's good to know that the kids that learn in Acton can apply and can, can get into like the Ivy League colleges. But I think you're right. Um, if families are looking for a school that will pave the, the kids' way into this type of schooling, then probably they're not looking in the right place or their values are not aligned with whatever you guys are trying to promote. Um, and I think it's, it's good that we now have people that understand that there are many, many different ways of succeeding and there's not, there isn't only one route. Um, and the best way I think for our kids is to, to, to help them find their own way. So whether the, the, one, the thing that they're dreaming of um, is something that they need to go to an Ivy League college for, then that's great. But if it's not, then that's great also. Um, and I learned a lot about also uh, Sudbury schools, which you probably heard about, which are basically free schools. So the kids come there and they do whatever they want all day. They have some facilitators that are there, like grown-ups that are there, but they, they, they um, decide on the rules and they decide what they do all day. And from that school, which has been around, I think around, around 30 years, um, there, is all, there is already statistics that show that many of the, of the graduates there continue to go to college and university, and they actually are doing much better than people who graduated regular school because they're more, more self-driven. They know what they want. They choose the path. They, they choose what they want to learn according to their own interest. Um, and they're much more mature and they just know themselves much better. Um, so I think that's amazing that we have more and more options like that in our society to give our kids that opportunity. And I wanted to ask you one last question. So what is something that you would like to tell parents that are maybe interested in something like that, um, in some kind of like this school environment? What is something that you can tell them in order to help them? trust more, I guess, trust their, their kids more and uh, trust this way of education? I mean, I, I think if you're considering an alternative or you're looking for an alternative for your child um, and you're feeling uneasy, you know, I think, again, like I said, there's so much pressure from society and 
sometimes it's your parents or your in-laws or, you know, questioning the decision to whether that's like to homeschool or to send your child to some sort of alternative learning environment. Um, And really, I think the advice that I would give is you know your children best and you, at the end of the day, uh, it's our responsibility as their parents to do what is best for them and not to let others influence our decision making around doing what's best for our children. So you know your child best and you know what is going to be the best environment for them. And if you're seeing your child having trouble or you're starting to question if traditional school is the right fit for your child, if you're feeling that as a parent, my advice is trust yourself and trust your gut and trust that you know your child best and that all the other noise outside, whether it's the society noise, the other adults in your life, the other adults in their life, at the end of the day, you know your child best. And it's really your responsibility as their parent to protect them and to put them in the environment that where they're going to thrive and where they're going to have the best chance to not succeed in the traditional sense of, you know, like we were talking before, going to a specific college or, or something like that, but really succeed in creating a human being that feels worthy about who they are as a person and, and is really cultivating that worthiness inside of them, whether that's because they feel confident in themselves academically or whether they feel confident in pursuing their true desires and dreams. Um, it's really our, our responsibility as parents to protect and cultivate a sense of worthiness in our child. And, and you know what environment is going to do that for your child. And it's, you know, I just give the encouragement to follow your heart and follow your gut and do what you, th- what you know is best for your child. Yeah, I really want to echo you on that and tell parents that they're agents, they're free agents, they have a free will. They don't have to do whatever the society tells them to do. They don't have to do whatever they, they, they don't have to go the way that everybody goes, you know, they have a choice. So I think that's incredibly powerful to know that you can choose for your children and you can choose a different path for them. And I really want to thank you, Lindsay, for having this, con- this conversation with me um, and letting us know about this alternative, which I think is wonderful. So thank you very much for sharing with us. What an inspiring educational model. Here are the main takeaways. Number one, Acton schools follow the Socratic guidelines and promote the idea that adults don't answer the kids' questions. They don't teach at the child, as the child is encouraged to find their own solutions to their problems. Number two, Acton schools promote the idea that each person, whether adult or child, is on their own hero's journey. Number three, Morristown Acton is unique in the fact that its guides encourage children to be outside on a daily basis, no matter what the weather is. It has also a very united community of families, and the families are very much involved in the school. Number four, Acton creates a container for academic learning. Each student learns on their own pace, and kids are not divided into grades, as they believe that every human is unique at how they develop, and learning comes in time and is up to the child to become ready for different subjects in different timelines. A child can be younger age-wise, but is very advanced in a specific subject, and the opposite can be true, and it's all normal. Number five, 
When choosing our children's education, we can know that just because things have been done in a certain way doesn't mean that we need to choose the same. Number six, the traditional model of education can be detrimental for kids, whether they conform to the system or have trouble finding their way in it. Number seven, all kids can thrive in an environment that gives them the opportunity to be creative, to have a voice that challenges the status quo. We want our children to grow up knowing that their voice is important and they matter regardless of their age. Number eight, if we are aiming to parent in a way that is respectful to children, that teaches them to think for themselves, that accepts all emotions as valid and can be felt, expressed, and communicated, then the mainstream education system can undermine that. Number nine, Acton graduates continue to various types of careers, including entrepreneurship, creative paths, startups, or learning in a college or university, including very competitive ones in Ivy League. The different experience they have learning in Acton teaches them that there are many different ways to succeed and that each person has their own unique path towards fulfillment. What matters is not what college you go to, but that you are proceeding a life that is right for you. Number 10. If you have a gut feeling that the school your child goes to is not the best for them, trust yourself. Listen to your heart. There are alternatives out there. You don't have to abide by social norms. You are a free agent. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I'll talk to you next week. you enjoyed this episode and was inspired to make small shifts in your parenting that will support your kids to bring forth their full potential while living a life of ease and well-being. To support the show, please make sure to subscribe and rate the show. Leaving a comment can be very helpful in promoting the show on the podcast platform. If you think that this can benefit other parents, please share this podcast with them. I invite you also to follow my Instagram account, Alternative Parenting Coach, and join my private Facebook group, Alternative Parenting, where I would love to hear your thoughts about the episode, what you learned, what inspired you, or what you didn't agree with. Your feedback is extremely valuable to me, as we are all in this process together, living, learning, and evolving. Thank you again, and I'll talk to you soon. Music